Hi everyone, welcome to this week's Baking a Mystery, Baking a Murder, whatever your heart desires. Today we're talking about a movie called Braid. You're thinking, ooh, we're gonna talk about girls braiding their hairs together into one conjoined circle, like the human centipede, but with hair. No, that's not even what happens in this movie. Why would you what? even think such a thing, okay? I know you were thinking it, but as we are talking, if you guys are watching the visual video on YouTube at Miss Mango Butt, or even potentially Spotify, hello. Hi, we're making some boba tea jelly. I don't know how it's gonna go. I mean, you just Can need- Can you describe it to us? Yes, so you just need two ingredients. You need a boba tea. Right, then you're gonna pour the bubble tea, the bo boba tea, the boba tea into a pot, heat it up, add some agar agar powder, voila, you've got jello. I don't know, it doesn't sound appetizing, but everybody swears by it. So let's just get started, okay? I'm gonna peel this open, pour in my just regular milk tea with boba. I poured it everywhere. I need Clorox wipes. We're gonna get an ant infestation. We're not gonna get an ant infestation. Oh my infest God. I don't care about anything slowly, else. Slowly, slowly. Oh yeah. Oh. 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 Nice. I got my agar agar powder in a Ziploc. So I'm gonna turn this on low. Or should I do max? <laughs> I'm gonna turn it on low. This movie was a trip. Listen, don't watch this movie under any sort of influence. Don't even watch this movie if you're slightly tired and delusional because of how sleepy you are because it feels like I was on drugs. I don't even do drugs. But just watching this movie, it was a trip. It was one of those thriller movies. It's called Braid. It's not a very famous movie, but I know that a lot of thriller buffs, they absolutely swear by it. And I wanna tell you that I was, I was hooked. I was impressed. It was just so invigorating. It was great, okay? Really? So let's start off with three women wearing face masks. This was even before the COVID days, so they're ahead of their time. Wearing face masks, humming, row, row, row your boat, while they wonderfully, carefully dig a hole. Dig a grave, might I add, right? That's the opening scene. And then it cuts to two young girls. We've got Petula and Tilda. Now, they're living in New York City. They're college students. They're trying to make ends meet in a place like New York City, which is really difficult to do. So they start resorting to selling drugs for this really scary, scary drug dealer by the name of Coco. So this guy, Coco, gives them about $100,000 worth of prescription pills for them to resell to college students. Now, they end up selling, I believe, like 20 $20,000 at a party, and now they're left with like $80,000 worth of drugs just all over their apartment floor. They don't even keep them in the bottles. I don't know why, they just keep pouring them out. They're looking at it, they're surveying how much money they have in drugs. I mean, they're really patting themselves on the back, talking about, isn't this crazy? Don't you feel good? You know what's so funny? I see that there are four bobas that are giant compared to the other ones. I'm gonna eat it. Mm. And then just, you're gonna turn into a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They start having these like profound ethical questions, conversations with each other as they're laying, physically laying on their drug stash on the ground in New York City, okay? They're just laying on top of all of these pills. Do you feel bad about what we're doing? Do you think we're selling it too cheap? No, I don't feel bad about what we're doing. You know what I felt bad about? I felt bad about hosting and waitressing at a restaurant. That's when I felt the worst about myself. This, this is $80,000 we have. Here, wait, wait, wait. And they grab their phone 
and they're about to take a selfie with the drugs right behind them. And you're, if you're thinking, these idiots are gonna get caught, well, the movie is way ahead of you because right at that moment, there's a knock on the door. Police open up. So they start panicking, what do we do? There's no way, they're gonna burst through that door, they're gonna find us with all of these drugs. They start trying to shove prescription pills in their pockets and their, you know, in their bras. But obviously, they don't have enough time. So they rush out the window, through the fire escape, they climb all the way down, jump down to the main street and they make a run for it. So they run, 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 run until they get to a train stop where they see one of those like massive Amtrak trains. So don't think of like a New York City subway. Think of a massive train, right? Like a real they, train. Yeah. They climb aboard, they sneak aboard because they don't have money to pay for tickets and they find their little seats and they decide wherever this train is going to take us, we got to come up with the next thing. What are we going to tell Coco? Coco's going to fucking slit our throats. Coco's going to kill us. They start panicking about all of these things. They left most of the prescription drugs in their apartment. The police have it in evidence. We've got to do something. We've got to make that money back. We've got to do it or else Coco's going to kill us. We're not even going to be able to finish college, let alone pay the tuition because we'll be murdered by our massive drug dealing boss. So Petula, she's like, listen, I can't do this right now. I gotta go to the bathroom. You stay here, okay? So Tilda stays in the train station. Petula goes to the bathroom and she's fixing her face, fixing her hair, because these are college kids, okay? They have no sense of consequences. <laughs> They're college kids in New York City. They're fixing her hair and there's a knock on the door. It's the train conductor. Tickets, please. Now, Petula obviously doesn't have tickets, so she kind of tries to sneak her way through this, and she's like, oh my gosh, my, my tickets, huh? My tickets, right? She doesn't know what to do, and the train conductor keeps saying, you, you, look, you look familiar. Somehow, where do I know you from? Me? I look familiar? Oh, maybe you saw me on TV. I'm a model. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a TV star. So now it seems like she's trying to work her way through getting a free ticket because she is a movie star, an actress, a philanthropist, you know, a comedian. But he says, no, no, no. I don't, I don't watch TV. I know you from somewhere else. Goddess Petula. That's her name? So the, you're like, what? What am I watching right now? Goddess Petula. Oh, you do know me. Hey, listen. How about you look the other way about me and my friend not having tickets and we'll do a 15 minute session. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And he's like, 20 and I'll pretend you're not high because tickets are $80 a person, that's $160. Do you have $160? Or I can kick you off this train right now. Fine, 20 minutes. He gets into the bathroom and they close the door. So you're expecting, oh, oh my God, clothes are gonna go flying. It's gonna be real crazy up in there. Oh my gosh, right? Well, the only thing that goes flying off is Petula's shoes because the train conductor is licking her feet, is literally licking it like in between no. her toes too and thanking her for letting him lick her feet, okay? Goddess Petula, you can never judge a book by its cover. I'm just saying. So she's famous for I don't think about famous, but I think that maybe she had worked some, oh. you know, like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, dominatrix type, oh. dominatrix. Why can't I say it? You know what I'm talking about. Like one of those BDSM layers. And he had oh. frequently visited and wanted to kiss oh. her feet. So he ends up kissing her feet, sucking on her toes in the bathroom. And she, right before <laughs> she leaves, okay, she puts on lipstick. And this is where it gets weird. You're like, okay, well, maybe Petula's on to something. We kind of like her. She's making money off of these men who want to kiss her feet. I want to be Petula when I grow up. But then she starts acting a little bit off. She puts lipstick all over her lips, like a red coat of lipstick. 
and she straight up starts making out with the mirror in the bathroom in the train. Like not even a kiss, you know. Maybe you want to do leave a little smoochy kiss. No, she starts full on making out with the bathroom mirror. So you're like, am I on drugs? What's going on? It feels weird right now. So at this point, she goes back after. Having her toes sucked and kissing the bathroom mirror, she goes back to her seat where Tilda is asleep, and Petula sits down and closes her eyes to take a much-needed nap. Now, this is the moment where you realize that something's off with the friends because Tilda wakes up and looks at Petula. Now, the way that she's looking at Petula is not the way that a loving, caring best friend would. There's something sinister about the way that Tilda is looking at Petula, and that's where the scene ends. Then it cuts to them getting out of the train station. Just talking about how Coco has given them exactly two days, 48 hours to come back with either the same amount of prescription pills somehow or $80,000 in cash. How the hell is a college student gonna get $80,000 in cash? I'm sure their credit is beyond horrendous. How are they gonna get a loan? You can't even get a loan like that, right? So what are they gonna do? Unless it's a student loan. Exactly. <laughs> so then Petula decides we've got to hit up Daphne. That's the only way. So you're like, who the hell is Daphne? Daphne, Daphne is a not Stephanie. <laughs> Daphne, not Stephanie, but Daphne is their childhood friend who is considered quote unquote mentally unstable. That's what they describe her. She is just living in a very fascinating world of hers. They used to hang out together all the time when they were young, but they don't really. They drifted apart, and it doesn't seem like it was just because of college. She lives alone in her grandparents' mansion by herself. She has no parents that are around. She has no grandparents that are around. She inherited a massive fortune through her grandparents. Parents. And the thing is, she is not all there. That's kind of how they describe her to be. Something had happened, and they just don't want to talk about it. Something weird happened between the three friends. She has no caretaker, so this is their perfect target. And Tilda seems like she's the most annoyed about going to see Daphne. It seems like Petula was probably closer to Daphne than Tilda was because Tilda seems like, is there really nowhere else we can get the money? The last person I want to see. In this world is Daphne. Besides, she's not gonna just let us in, and she's not gonna just let us into her safe. We don't even know where her safe is, let alone how much is in her safe. And Petula's like, no, 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 I got a plan. But you know, Daphne, we can't just walk in like this. So they get a taxi to go to upstate New York, where Daphne lives, and they start changing into little girls' clothes. Like when I say little girls' clothes, like those schoolgirl uniforms, if you were to wear maybe in like maybe high school, right? Probably more like middle school, like very young-looking. Little uniforms I'm like this. Why am I dressed like this? Okay, like you know, like those collared shirts, those little plaid skirts. Mm-hmm. Like wait, wait, wait. Yeah, what? I am too old. Okay, I need to start wearing some suits around home. Okay, tomorrow I'm gonna wake up, come downstairs in a full-on pants suit. Well, Daphne's gonna let us in if we're wearing this, and you know her. We're gonna need to find the safe, and the only way that we have enough time to do that is if we play her game. Whoa, whoa, whoa! So I'm just think, gonna add in some. What? Okay, okay. I think that might be a lot, but let's go with with it. Yeah, you know. 
Sometimes for me at least, writing the paper is not the hardest part. Drafting up the email is not the hardest part. Writing that unfortunate, ooh, I don't know how my boss or my coworker or my professor or my landlord is gonna feel about this. Writing that email is not the hard part. It's the double checking. It's the triple checking, quadruple checking, sending it to your 25 friends to ask, hey, do you think this message is gonna come across correctly? Now with Grammarly Premium, you can save yourself a buttload of time. I'm talking, I have really cut down my time on emails, on writing up any type of paper, on just practically anything that involves grammar and writing because Grammarly Premium is changing the game. With the free version of Grammarly, you're safe from making those basic spelling errors, your basic grammatical errors, punctuation mistakes, but with Grammarly Premium, that's where you save the time. They have something called clarity suggestions where maybe you're running on on your email and it doesn't make sense. Maybe it's unclear. Maybe it's not getting the message across, Grammarly will let you know and tell you the best way to fix it. They also have something called vocabulary suggestions, which I find to be useful when you're sending important emails where you want to stand out to a specific person because you don't have to Google synonyms for good, synonyms for great, because Grammarly will suggest words that are less used that also have a lot more impact on whoever is receiving your message. This was actually a recommendation from my fiance a while back and I downloaded Grammarly Premium to my phone. I use it even when I'm texting people. If you're tweeting stuff, you never want to have a spelling mistake. Cut down on that editing time and write more confidently with Grammarly Premium. Get 20% off Grammarly Premium by going to Grammarly.com slash BAM. That's 20% off at G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash BAM. And she says that the only way that they can do that is if they play Daphne's games. You know how Daphne is. Ever since she was young, she was obsessed with playing these games and you had to play. You couldn't be her friend without playing. She would force people into playing and Tilda specifically hated these games. Daphne loved to play a game called House. Have you guys heard of house? House is when each person takes a position in a house. You're all children, but someone's the mom. Someone is the pet dog. Did you know I was almost always the pet dog or some sort of animal? And then a TikTok what? once said that that means you're really ugly. If you were always chosen Who to be Who plays dogs? I've never heard of that. Yes, you, because you were never bullied into being the pet dog. You think someone volunteers to be the family pet? No. Who does that? No, bullies, so okay. what do you do? You you bark? You're not allowed to talk. <laughs> you can only bark. I'm gonna start crying. I was heavily bullied as a child. What in the world? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now look at me, okay? I'm making boba jelly. So really, who won? Probably them, but that's fine. <laughs> she loved playing the intricate game of house. Daphne was always the mother. She loved being the mother hen of the group. Tilda, she was always the young daughter that was screwing things up. No matter what she did, Daphne would find a way to get her in trouble. Daphne loved being a disciplinarian. She loved obedient children, which Tilda never was. Because when you really think about it from Tilda's perspective, Bits, you're the same age as me. Why am I pretending like you're my mom? This isn't even fun. I don't want to play this. And then Petula, she was the family doctor. She was not part of the family, but she would come every day, knock on the door, and give physical exams to Tilda. Like doing the thing where you knock on the knee to check their bones, you know, just checking inside their mouth with the little, with the little flashlight. That's what she would do. So that was the three of them. And they had a couple of rules. Rule number one, everyone must play. Rule number two, no outsiders allowed. Rule number three, nobody can leave. 
So Petula tells Tilda, you just have to do this. This is going to be easier than facing Coco. We need that money or else he's going to kill us. So once we get into that house, whatever Daphne asks, you better do it. We're going to do whatever her heart desires. We need to play the game. That's the only way we have enough time to find the safe. So they get to the house dressed up as, um, like, I guess Tilda's dressed up like a schoolgirl. Petula is dressed up like in a pantsuit, more like a doctor. And Petula stays outside while Tilda walks in without even knocking on the front door. She finds a side door in the kitchen where Daphne is doing the dishes. Doesn't say hi to Daphne because it's been years since I've seen each other. Doesn't say hi. Instead, she walks in, plops her bag down and says, Mom, I'm home. What? Daphne drops the plate that she's washing in the dish. Er, she drops the plate that she's washing in the sink. And you see her face look a little bit shocked. And she immediately wipes her hands and says, How is school, dear? She turns around to Tilda. Good, Mom. We got out early today. I'm hungry. Oh, of course. I was just about to make lunch. Silly me, I can't believe I forgot. And she, this is bizarre because when you had seen Tilda and Petula in the opening scenes, they were dressed in like 2020 clothes, okay? They look like New York City girls. But all of a sudden, I mean, when you walk into Daphne's house, she's dressed like a 1950s housewife, like put together. And she's the same age as them, okay? She should be in college enjoying her just a carefree life, right? So she walks over to the fridge, grabs PB&J, and the way she makes it is not how you think. You would think she'd be meticulous, putting on the peanut butter, perfectly putting on the jam so delicately but no she just plops it on throws on a bun cuts it into squares and passes it to her and she sits down so tell me about school Tilda starts eating her sandwich and there's awkward silence and you can tell Tilda does not want to be here she doesn't want to be a part of this okay but Daphne looks at her grabs her hands look at how dirty your fingernails are go wash your hands immediately Go brush your teeth any minute, okay? We're gonna have a visitor soon. He's gonna be here any minute now. And Tilda's like, she's a wheeze. Like, she is not the same kid she was a million years ago. She's a college student. She's got Coco, the drug dealer, breathing down her back. You think she cares about Daphne and her little teeth preferences? No. So she's about to complain, and Daphne looks like she's about to smack this girl or something when the doorbell rings. It's Petula. Hi, uh... Hi, Mrs. Peter. Uh, I'm here to do your annual checkup for Tilda. Yes, doctor, right this way. So she leads her to Tilda, who's sitting in the kitchen, and the doctor opens the briefcase. Petula opens the briefcase and already has these surgical tools. Starts checking in her ears and her mouth, like an annual checkup, and starts doing the leg thing, right? And Daphne says, well, doctor, how is it looking? All good. Uh, I think she should be about good now. I would like to see her maybe in a couple of months, but every she looks healthy. Oh, that's so weird, doctor, because, you know, she's been having some pains in her knees, and also she has really bad balance. Really horrible posture, actually. I've been meaning to talk to you about it. Uh, everything looked good to me, though. And Daphne snaps out of her little housewife voice and says, rule number one. Everyone must play. So Petula looks down. You're right, you're right, Mrs. Peters. Um, let me check on that. Goes into her doctor's bag and grabs a meat cleaver. She walks to Tilda and says, I'm so sorry. And smashes her knee with it. 
Wait, 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 what? Because Daphne said she's been having knee problems and really bad balance. So he's cutting her legs? Just hit her, you know those meat tenderizers? Yeah. And hit her knee with it. To injure it? Yeah. To give her really bad balance oh for the time being. Gosh. And Tilda is screaming bloody murder. And Petula looks so uncomfortable. She puts the little meat tenderizer back into her doctor's bag. And she's trying to skedaddle out of there. But Tilda screams, remember? Rule number three? Nobody's allowed to leave. Because Petula is trying to freaking leave her. And Daphne says, oh, and uh, she's been having a little bit of a cough. And almost on command, Tilda starts annoyingly <coughs> coughing. That was like Daphne's cue, right? This is how I want you to act. This is the scenario that I want. So she starts cooking the doctor and Tilda dinner, which is a very comical scene because Tilda is tied up to her dinner chair. And it's one of those mansions that has those crazy dining rooms with like the antique furniture. They sit on opposite ends. I mean, how is that even a dinner? And the, the food that she's serving is meat jelly. Have you seen those? Like those jelly, it's this, it'd be the that I'm making right now, okay? But it's essentially jello with meat trapped inside, like sandwich meat. It was really popular in the 50s for some reason. We should try it one day. So she's serving meat jelly pies, and she does not want, Daphne does not want Tilda and Petula to be alone at any given point in the day. So she tells the doctor, you must be so tired. Doctor, why don't I help you to your room so you can get a good night's rest? So she walks Petula to this guest room that is incredibly creepy. Imagine, just envision haunted hotel vibes. That's what I'm getting for him, Ed. There were these peacock masks just hanging on the walls. That's creepy. I've actually heard of people that make their guest room intentionally uncomfortable or creepy so guests don't overstay their visit. So that might be smart. Genius. Yeah, maybe you should put some like dead dolls up on the walls. So obviously with this type of setting, Petula can't really fall asleep. It's not necessarily the most cozy, inviting place. So she's turning over in her bed and finally she can't take it anymore. She's gotta go get a glass of water or something, maybe a glass of milk. Somehow try to find a way to fall asleep. When she goes to the kitchen in the middle of the night, which by the way, Tilda has been like caged up in her room that has been saved for her. So this is really creepy. There is like a girl's room that Daphne has saved specifically for Tilda. They haven't hung out since they were like in child, like kids in elementary school or something. So Daphne world? is really, I mean, even in the kitchen, Daphne had these little markers, these little ticking markers that showed how tall Tilda is getting. Oh and it would say God. Tilda and a date. Tilda hadn't seen her since they were young kids, so this is incredibly creepy. So Petula goes to the kitchen, and there is Daphne in her nightgown grabbing a glass of water. And she seems a little bit alarmed that the doctor is there. Oh, doctor, why are you up at this time? I'm just grabbing a glass of water. Oh, um, sure, I can grab you a glass of water. Well, thank you. Um, well, I should get back to my room now. And that is when Daphne grabs a knife, tenderly puts it up against Petula's neck and says, no, please stay. I feel safe having you around. Please stay. And as she's pushing the knife to Petula's throat, she starts making out with her. So Daphne is now making out with Petula and forces Petula to simulate sex with her. So they're not necessarily doing it because they are fully clothed, but Daphne is now on the kitchen counter and she's moving in a position that would imply that Petula has 
you know, is like doing something to her. But they're not doing anything. And this is important later, okay? Otherwise, I would just say they did it. But this is important. They're simulating sex. Mm -hmm. So it seems like Petula is potentially playing a male character doctor, right? Which is why she even said, oh, he's going to be here soon, referring to the doctor when she was talking to Tilda, right? So she's having an affair with the family doctor. I mean, this is is a really great house scene. It's like Desperate Housewives. It's juicy. The plot is there. I mean, she is a screenwriter, I tell you that. So now I'm gonna pour this in here, in the kitchen, because there's no way I'm gonna not make a mess. And then I'm gonna stick this in the fridge for a little while, and I will be back with a frozen jelly. I hope. It better work. So let's phrase it as, Daphne is mounting the horse, but the horse happens to be fully clothed, and Petula is the horse. Do you get what I'm throwing down? Like, you're picking it up. They're simulating sex, but they're not actually doing anything sexual. They're just essentially dry humping with their clothes on. Now, moving on to the next day, everybody wakes up, and somehow Tilda and Petula manage to sneak out into the front yard, and they're talking to each other in private, away from Daphne. So this is the first time that they're out of this weird playhouse game that they were in the minute that they stepped into Daphne's house, and they're just Tilda and Petula, the New York City college students with a drug dealer trying to kill them, okay? Just normal people again. So they're outside talking. I mean, this girl is still crazy, huh? I mean, they're really mean to Daphne. That bitch is still crazy. What's wrong with her? I mean, she's completely delusional. Do you think she's just been waiting around for us to come and play house? God, she needs a life. She needs like a caretaker or something. Did you find the safe last night? No, Tilda. How did I find the safe last night? You wouldn't believe what happened last night. She tried to like, she made out with me. She tried to make it seem like I was forking her. It was just so weird. I don't even know what to say. God, she's so weird. So they're talking and they're like, well, we got to go. Okay, now it's only, now we got less than a day. We got to get it like tonight. Do you think you can find the safe by tonight? Didn't she pay you for the physical that you did on me? Because you're the doctor. Didn't she pay you for the annual exam? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I almost forgot. So she pulls out the envelope from her pocket, Petula does, and she opens it up, and it's a fat stack. Real money? Of fake, drawn-on construction paper money. Not even Monopoly money, but paper money that Daphne has drawn. They're like, Are you kidding me? And Tilda's pissed. She said the same thing. Are you kidding me? She's like, what's wrong with her? I mean, if she's going to play freaking house and she's got all this money, at least give us some cash. We need cash. (sighs) Can I get another pill? So Tilda asks Petula for another pill and she says, oh, I thought I already gave you some for the, the whole 48 hours. Yeah, but I already took it. What? You already took it? Why did you do? You took all of it? Yeah, this morning. I mean, I'm so sick of this place. I just need a chill pill. What do you think those pills are? Valium? You idiot. I gave you PCP. So I don't know much about drugs, but I think Valium is like a sedative, right? Which kind of chills you out, I guess. But PCP is like a, a, hallucina- a hallucinogenic drug. You're just going to hallucinate the whole time, in my, in my belief, from my very limited knowledge of drugs. So she's like, are you telling me I took a sh- load of PCP this morning. 
And Petula starts giggling and she takes a pill of PCP and she says, hey, we might as well have a good time. And everything around them starts turning neon. Now, this is when I tell you that this felt like I was under the influence, even though I was completely sober, okay? Everything turns neon and suddenly Petula is like, let me run in and try to find the safe. And they're like swaying around. Petula suddenly has, she went from having blonde hair to this like neon pink hair because they're hallucinating and the trees are all pink. And so so she's running into the mansion like this, like, I'm gonna find the safe. And Tilda is staring at the pink trees, and then she hears little girls giggling and laughing, and so she starts chasing that sound. And those little girls are young Tilda, Petula, and Daphne when they were young and when they would play house together. So they would always be in Daphne's grandparents' house, this mansion. They would have this little tree house out in the back where they would climb up and they would start playing house. Now, Tilda hated house. So this one particular night, she said, I'm not doing it. I'm not playing these stupid games. Why do I always have to be the child? I don't like being the kid. And Daphne said, well, I'm your mom. You're not my mom. No, I'm your mom, Tilda, and you have to do what I say because I'm your mom. You're not my mom, Daphne. So they start kind of pulling each other back and forth, back and forth until finally Tilda pushes her out of the treehouse and she lands on her head. The girls go to the hospital with Daphne. They're rushed there with the grandparents and a detective Siegel comes in to question the two girls. He asks for their account of events. Are you, are you sure she just fell out of the treehouse? That doesn't really make sense. How does that make sense, girls? Well, she did. We were playing and she just fell out of the treehouse. Okay. Then at the hospital, we get a flashback of Daphne being in the hospital room under, you know, she's sedated, she's in a coma, and the doctors tell her grandparents she's gonna be fine, she's gonna make it, but she has severe brain trauma, and she will also never be able to conceive. I mean, she has a lot of lower abdominal injuries, we just don't think she'll ever be able to bear a child. That's about it. So it's speculated in the movie that this fall, this fall from the treehouse is what caused Daphne to believe that this delusion, this like fake house game that she's playing is real and she genuinely is their mom. So up until that point, the grandparents are so stressed out. Like, do we need to get her a caretaker? Do we need to send her to an institution? They have no idea what to do with Daphne. I mean, they're kind of in over their heads at this point. Tilda and Petula, they went on. They stopped hanging out with her because she genuinely believed that she was their mom and she was having an affair with the doctor. I mean, it was just kind of bizarre. They went on to high school, they went to New York City together, so they kind of just shunned Daphne out, even though technically they might be at fault for what happened to her, right? But they don't necessarily care. I mean, they're kids. Now, flashback to Daphne in today's time. She's opening her medicine cabinet that is completely filled with pregnancy tests, okay? And she's taking one after the other after the other. She basically did it with the doctor and now she wants to know. If she's pregnant. And she's believing it? Yes. And she believes she is genuinely potentially pregnant with the doctor's child. So at this point, Petula sees that, she's catching on to what's going on and she's like, Oh my God, I gotta get out of here. So as she's just on PCP, she starts opening the doors of this mansion, trying to find the safe. She doesn't find it. She ends up finding a pair of keys though, and she takes it and she starts going to another room and that's when she gets burnt on her hand. A hand reaches out. Now this is weird. I think it's a hallucination, right? A hand reaches out from the room and just burns her on her arm. And she starts screaming. There's a burn mark now on her skin and she rushes outside and 
she's like, Tilda, we gotta go. Tilda, get in the car, I have the keys. Tilda, we gotta get out of here. Tilda, let's go. So now Petula is the one that's freaking the fork out and needs to get out of there. So they're trying to open up this old car and they're, you know, yanking on the doors, handles. It doesn't look like this car has been driven in so long, right? Because Daphne never leaves the house. She is very much... Am I Daphne? <laughs> I'm kidding. So she never leaves the house. Um, they're yanking on the doors and Daphne comes up behind them and bonks both of them on the head with a baseball bat. Listen, the holidays are coming up. You don't need to give those generic set of hand soap and hand creams or those fuzzy slippers. You want to give people a gift that's meaningful, that they want to display. And with Framebridge, I've got the solution for you. We recently had a lot of special moments that we wanted to frame, but we didn't have the time. We were like, oh my gosh, we got to go find a frame shop. We got to go back and forth. We got to go pick it up. But with Framebridge, I mean, it has been the easiest process ever. All you have to do is go to framebridge.com, upload a picture. So if you've got a picture on your phone that you want to be framed for a special gift or even for yourself, you upload that picture, pick a frame. They've got so many different frames to choose from. Or you can even ask one of their designers to help pick a frame that fits the mood, that fits the vibe that you're looking for. And then they will ship that frame to you or to whoever is receiving your beautiful gift. For me, we actually had physical prints that we wanted to be framed. So what they did is they sent us a free shipping tube, like one of those heavy duty tubes. We rolled up our piece put it in there, shipped it to them, they framed it and sent it back to us and it was super affordable for all of that. We never even had to leave the house for this. And a handcrafted personalized gift from Framebridge starts at just $39. All of the shipping is free, which is kind of crazy. I mean, I'm gonna be using this for all my gifts this Christmas because it's just one of those nice things that are gonna make people smile. Plus, if you guys are listening to this, you can actually get 15% off your first order at framebridge.com when you use my code BAM. And if you're interested, if you live in the New York, DC, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Boston, or Chicago, area they have stores that you can go into get started today send someone a beautiful gift or honestly frame something for your walls because having pretty walls makes you a lot happier so just go to framebridge.com and use my code BAM to get 15% off your first order just go to framebridge.com use my code BAM that's framebridge.com promo code BAM Meanwhile, flashback to Detective Siegel. Remember the same detective who was questioning the girls after the fall? He was much younger then, but now he's older. And in his office at the police station, he has a missing poster of Tilda and Petula because it's all over New York. These two young college students from New York City have gone missing. What? And I don't think he really remembers who they are. It's not really sure, but he's looking at this case and he wants to help find these girls. Meanwhile, Daphne wakes up the girls and they're both tied back to back on chairs like this. And the way that they're tied is fascinating. So I think Daphne had put in hair extensions in their hair or maybe clipped it to their scalp. I have no idea, right? But their hair is braided in these long braids and those braid is used to gag them. And then she was able to get some braided hair to tie their arms together. They're wearing like House of CB bodycon dresses and they're just sitting on the chairs. And she says, girls, are you awake? It's just so nice to have my dolls back. It's just so nice to have my little, my little girls back. All is well, my darlings. You silly, silly girls. You are not fit for this outside world. In this house, I will keep you safe. We're a family. Out there, it's dangerous. And a mother must always forgive her children. So I forgive you, girls. 
And then the door rings. So these girls, I mean, they're tied up. They're trying to scream. They're trying to get help in any way possible. And Daphne, she's got to go downstairs. Who could possibly be knocking on the door? I mean, it looks like they live in a relatively isolated place. So she runs all the way down in this like massive rich lady robe that she has on. And she opens the door. It's Detective Siegel. Oh, good morning. How can I help you, officer? Oh, uh, hi, Mrs. Peters. Just wanted to ask, uh, we had a noise complaint from a couple of neighbors. They said that they heard um, some unusual noises coming from your home. Unusual noises? I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Mrs. Peters, people reported to hearing young women scream at odd hours in the night coming from your home. Oh, oh God. That's embarrassing. I recently changed my medication. Um, my therapist said that this cocktail of drugs should be better for me, and I must have, I must have passed out, and I'm, I'm still getting adjusted. So it must have been me. I'm so sorry for that. No need, Mrs. Peters. No need to be sorry. Loneliness can really cause some strange things. They can make us do some weird things, right? Well, Detective Siegel, thank you. Um, I will make sure that those end and. The neighbors won't complain anymore. And right at this moment, she's about to close the door, but he's intrigued by something, and he sees a little leak, like a water coming down from the second level. Like a little drip, 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 right? Uh-huh. And he pops his hand on the door, walks in and says, why don't I take a look at this leak for you? How long has it been leaking? Mrs. Peters, I just want to help. You know me. Oh, uh, I don't know. Well, when's the last time you had maintenance done on this place, Mrs. Peters? Um, probably when my grandparents passed, uh, that's when I moved in by myself. Oh, yes, I forgot. My condolences, Mrs. Peters. It was, um, it must have been shocking that both of them had died together so abruptly. Shocking. And he sees a picture of the three girls as young kids, as friends. Mm-hmm. And Detective Siegel picks it up and goes, oh my god, whatever happened to those two? Um, oh god. What's her, what's her name? Petula and Tilda? Whatever happened to them? Oh, um, I, I don't really keep in touch with them anymore. We've just kind of drifted. You know, childhood friends. Right, right, right. Um, so you've never, you don't talk to them at all? No, I haven't talked to them in years. My grandparents thought that they were bad influences on me. Right, of course, of course. That makes sense. Did you know they were on a local TV show recently? Oh, is that so? I, I didn't know. I don't have a computer or a phone here. Or any internet in our in this house, I like to just keep to myself. Well, it's probably for the best. Those girls, they're um, they're quite dangerous. Oh, Detective Siegel, they're not dangerous. They're geniuses. Even my grandparents didn't understand poetry like they do. You don't even know them. You don't know the first thing about them. They're geniuses. How dare you talk about them like that? The world doesn't deserve people like them. And now, and now the world will know what it's like without them. And all of a sudden, he gets in her face and says, How do you know? How do you know they're missing? You said that they hadn't contacted you in years. And you also claimed that you don't have a TV or a phone or any internet service in this place. You don't go outside. You don't leave your house. How could you have possibly known that they're missing? And right at that moment, there was a thump upstairs. So he starts trying to head up the stairs and she says, Wait! I would like to see your search warrant, officer. If not, I will tell your boss in the whole town that you spent your entire afternoon searching the town's crazy lady's house. How would you like that? I heard that you're retiring in a few years. 
Why don't you retire with some dignity? How would they feel that you're terrorizing the quote crazy lady's house in town, huh? How would your boss feel about that? So I suggest you get a search warrant or you leave. And he stops in his tracks and he turns around and says, okay, well, if we ever get any more noise complaints, I will come back with a search warrant. Besides, you wouldn't want anyone to know that you're hiding fugitives in your house, would you? Excuse me? Fugitives? Oh, Mrs. Peters, you didn't know? They're not just missing. They're wanted. Pardon me? I understand your need to protect them. They're your best friends. But who's going to protect you from them? And with that, he leaves and slams the door shut. Meanwhile, Daphne immediately starts rushing through the windows, boarding them up with giant wood beams like these X's across all of her giant mansion windows. Tilda is tied up to her bed. She's like writing in her diary. She's bored out of her mind. Petula is trying to investigate, find the safe. She's going from room to room. And in one room in particular, it's incredibly creepy. It's filled with dolls. It's filled with like a miniature house set of this mansion. There's like weird little things going on. I mean, it's just a really bizarre, like why would someone have this? Something weird is going on. Maybe she's getting ready for a kid. There's a lot of like kid toys there. And uh, definitely lets them know that nobody else is gonna come in and they're gonna be safe with her. They can never leave, especially you, doctor. I'm so excited. I know what you're here for and I can't wait to play. And she sits down in front of Petula at the dining table and says, Dear Doctor, the grave will open wide when you shatter time's spell. And Petula's confused. What are, you, what are you talking about? If you finish the game before me, I will let you go and I will take the blame. The grave will open wide inside these rotting mansion halls if you shatter time's spell. And Petula's asking Daphne, like, why are you acting so weird? Where the hell is Tilda? Like, are you, are you unhinged? What's going on, right? And Daphne says, it's too late. So Petula runs out and starts looking for Tilda, who happens to be literally in the hallway outside the dining room. And Tilda stops Petula. Listen, it's a riddle. She wants to play the game. She knows we're looking for the safe. The grave will open wide the safe when you shatter time's spell. Just follow the riddle. Find the safe. We only have like 12 hours left. Go. So Daphne starts screaming, Tilda, Tilda, stop bothering the doctor. The doctor has amazing things to do today. Doctor, why don't you go on and waltz with our dolls? And so Petula leaves with this riddle, waltz with our dolls, waltz with our dolls. So she runs into the doll room, waltz with our dolls, and she's looking, but there's nothing. She's picking up the dolls, nothing. She's looking around, no safe. Then she looks out the window and she sees out in the garden, there's these sculptures of naked women waltzing together, literally dancing, waltz with our dolls. There's three girls waltzing. So she runs over, picks up the statue, and outside it says, the rotting mansion's halls. And it has a little code like a numerical code. So she puts it down and she runs into the hallways and she's looking around, opening door to door and door, but she doesn't see anything and she's about to give up. I mean, she's getting frustrated. She feels like, why do I have to play this riddle? This is like a sick, twisted game. Like literally her life is on the line. Coco's gonna kill them. And she's sitting on the hall floor and she looks up and she sees a crack on the ceiling, rotting mansion's halls. So she follows the crack and it ends at the doorway to her room. So she enters, 
follow the signs, follow the signs, follow the signs. And she sees paintings and some of them have people pointing in a direction. So she starts following the signs and then it leads her to a calendar, August 8th. And she rips it off and behind it is the safe. So she starts typing in all of the codes that she had seen eight for August 8th. She had seen a code, the numerical code on, under the statue in the garden and she manages to crack open the safe and inside it's filled with cash and jewelry. So she starts stuffing it into her little doctor's bag. Meanwhile, Tilda is in her bed writing in her little journal with her pink pen and she's writing about how Daphne is trying to escape and it's probably not gonna work. Daphne is gonna get her. Daphne always wins the game. So she's writing, she's depressed, okay? She's like, Coco's gonna find us here and she's gonna kill us. Coco's gonna kill us? Is that better than Daphne killing us? I don't know, okay? She's just going through it. The girl is not having a good time playing the daughter. And that is when Petula bursts through the door and says, we got it. I got it in my bag. I got all the money. We've got the full inheritance. Let's do this. We can even commit Daphne. We can just say that she's losing her marbles. We can start a fresh life. Maybe we can even live here in this creepy ass mansion. But right now we gotta go and we gotta pay Coco back because he's gonna freaking kill us. Let's go, let's go. So they rush out and the only thing that they can find are lanterns because at this point it's nighttime. Their 48 hours is almost up. So they're going through the woods out, leading out to the main road with their little lanterns on and this bag full of the entire inheritance. And once they get to the main road, I mean, Tilda is exhausted. So she's sitting down on the suitcase like, oh my gosh, okay. Like, what are we gonna do next? Petula's trying to wave down a car that's passing, but they just zoot by. Then another car passes, and they just zoot by, and she's getting frustrated. Tilda, can you freaking help me? Like, what are you doing? I'm tired, Petula. I'm so tired. You get to be a freaking doctor, and I played the daughter for 48 hours. I'm freaking tired, okay? And why does it matter if I sit or stand? It's not like people are gonna stop anyway. And as she's yelling, Petula's about to yell back, and boom, she gets hit by a car. No. Yeah. How does that happen? She literally gets hit by a car. And she wakes up strapped to a medical chair. And it's Daphne wearing a latex red suit. Like oh. all latex. She hit them. Yeah. Oh, wow. And she's all strapped up to this gurney. And she's like, where's Tilda? Where's Tilda? You said we could leave. I found the safe. I cracked the coat. I, I, the grave will open if I crack time spell. I cracked it. I cracked it. I said you could leave, Petula. I didn't say you guys could leave, and you didn't finish the game. You have to finish the game. Daphne is wheeled to Tilda, who is inside of a giant cage with candles lit all around her. And Daphne tells them, this night is so beautiful. It kind of reminds me of the night that I poisoned my grandparents. You know they said that I needed a caretaker. They wanted me to have a caretaker, like I'm some kind of crazy nut. Like I'm a nut job, can you believe it? Such a beautiful night. And Daphne slowly grabs a knife. Tilda starts screaming, no. Daphne says, Tilda, my daughter, watch. I haven't taken your eyes yet. And she walks over to Petula and both girls start screaming. And Daphne is giggling while she cuts Petula and gives her a glass glow smile. Cuts her from the corner of her lip up to her ear to Aww. make it look like she's smiling. And when we look at Tilda, she has been cut on her eyes to make it look like she has red tear marks. And she ties them up and they wake up in the kitchen. And she says, hello, Tilda. Hello, Petula. So I just wanted to let you guys know that the game is over now and you can leave. Yes, you can be on your merry way. 
But before I go, I just have one gift, a goodbye gift, if you will. And she slams down a newspaper with both of them on the front page as missing fugitives. They are on the run. They need to be found. That's what everyone's saying. These drug dealers, they need to be caught. They're terrorizing our society. They're disgusting humans. Well, maybe they won't find you. Maybe they won't recognize you with your new scars. So if you guys wanted to leave so badly, even though you're safe inside these mansion halls, if you guys hate me that much, then leave. Leave. Take your chances out there in the real world. Do it. Besides, I'm busy. I need you to clear out that room immediately, the guest room. I've got so much to do. I've got to paint the walls. I've got to get a crib. Ugh, so busy. And Tilda's like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, Tilda, it's none of your business, but I'm pregnant. What? You're not pregnant. You're psycho. Tell me how you're pregnant, Daphne. Fucking tell me, dude. You're not pregnant. You're a psycho bitch. Please, Tilda, keep your voice down. Stress is not good for the baby. What baby? What is wrong with you? You're not pregnant. You don't even leave the house. If you're pregnant, oh my God, Patula, do you fucking hear this? Daphne, if you're pregnant, Who's the dad, huh? And you think your crazy ass is gonna be a good mom? You think if you even had a kid, if you were to e ever get pregnant, someone would ever have sex with you for you to get pregnant, you think you'd be a good mom? You're out of your mind. You're crazy. You're psychotic. She's really mean, honestly. I mean, she did get injured though, okay? Like if someone were to permanently scar me with a knife, I think I'd be probably pretty mean, right? Let's get the jelly. I would like to make a formal apology for the visual watchers, for the visual listeners, because this looks like a, a <laughs> disgusting glob. This looks like the shit that Daphne was feeding them. So you're supposed to, that's uncomfortable. Whoa, you did it. Look at that. This is the type of stuff that in like 2032, they'll be like, I'm making this from the 2020s. It was the weird dish that they used to make and eat and people thought they were really delicious. Let's try it, shall we? Is it hard? Yeah, it's not jello Is this supposed to be like jello jello? Like really jiggly? It's rock hard. <laughs> it's probably got a better foundation than our house, I tell you. They should use this in construction. Ew. How does it taste? Taste good? You know, it doesn't taste bad. Uh-huh. But the texture is so bad. So you like it? It's like cutting into chicken. Is the <laughs> texture. There is no jello. It's like a chicken breast. It's pretty it's pretty chewy. Ugh. It's pretty thick. It's like kind of stringy, like a chicken breast. It's got Oof. a bizarre texture. I That's, mean, I tell you. That sounds kind of good, honey. I think you got my appetite going. Uh-uh. It was a waste of a boba tea. I could have drinking that. I could have had such a blast. Mm-mm. Please try a bite. <laughs> so Daphne claims that she is a mom because she felt the baby kick at night. No, Daphne. You're not a mom. You're a monster, okay? Who the hell is even the baby's dad? That doesn't even make sense, Daphne. You never leave the house. Who the hell came in here and impregnated a crazy woman like you? Well, it's it's doctors. And Tilda starts laughing. She's like, I, and she's like, Batula, are you hearing this? 
But Betula sees this as an opportunity to get rid of Daphne, and she's still in the game. Oh, ma'am, would you follow me into my office? It's urgent, it's about the baby. I think you need to have an emergency C-section. I think you're due. I'm pretty sure your water just broke. Oh, okay. Oh wow, I guess this is happening, for real. So they go to the indoor pool where all the water has been drained and like a serial killer would, they have covered the entire inside of the pool in plastic. They have a surgical table with doctor's tools. Tilda is laying and they are suited up in surgical gear with their masks. They're putting on sterile gloves. And as they're listening to classical music, they're about to cut open Daphne to quote, take out a baby, but more so just to kill her, just to get rid of her because they want her inheritance. Honestly, they're willing to kill for it. So as they're about to make that cut, the door bursts open, and it's Detective Siegel. The timing of him. He's got his guns drawn. He says, put down the scalpel right now. So both the girls are like, fuck. Damn it. So they put down the scalpel. They turn around. They get on their knees. And as he's about to handcuff them, Daphne wakes up from the surgical table and calmly says, what's the problem, officer? before stabbing him with a scalpel. What? So he falls to his knees and he's bleeding and she starts viciously stabbing him more. The blood is splattering all over the girls. Petula gets so alarmed, she backs away and she starts hyperventilating. Tilda grabs a knife and starts stabbing the officer. And Petula is like, what is going on? What's wrong with these two? And Tilda and Daphne, they come up to her, they give her a scalpel and she calmly takes it and walks over and they all viciously stab the officer and dismember him. They put him into plastic bags and now we get the opening scene of them digging a, digging a grave while humming to row, row, row your boat before putting in his remains, locking it back up and they get rid of his car by dumping it into a local pond. So after they bury him, after they get rid of his car, they end up back at the house and they start dancing to opera music. I mean, we have this really trippy scene of them cutting their own faces with knives, with them playing with like pillows while wearing masks, doing pillow fights, of them lounging on the couch, drinking tea, like just crazy, crazy montage, like a B-roll of them doing all of these things. But Petula is the only one that seems to be not having a blast. She keeps having flashbacks of the bloody officer's body just staring at her like he would end up in the corner of a room just staring at her covered in blood so she would start freaking out about this she needed to do something so she goes back to his grave to dig him back up to make sure that he's dead in there because she keeps seeing him alive but when she digs back that same grave there's nothing in there so she's so confused by this, she runs back into the mansion, she plops down on the couch, and she starts hallucinating again. So one minute she's on the train, the next minute she's in the house stabbing her own face, she's on the train again, having her feet licked, and she keeps going back and forth between her old life and her new life of being stuck inside this house, and she rips off her face mask, and that's when you see the scar is gone. And she's looking at her face and she's touching her face and she falls to her knees and underneath the couch, she sees something and she grabs it and it's a book and she pops it open. It's like a diary. First page, Petula and Tilda get on a train to Daphne's house. Petula flirts with the train conductor to try to get them a free ride. Daphne is waiting for us at the house. Daphne is always waiting for us. Patiently, Daphne knows that we will come back every time. 
because she keeps us safe. Petula is still trying to run away and sabotage the game. She does this every time. She pretends to escape, but now we have a new punishment for the rules. Anytime she tries to escape, we must burn her arms. And Daphne walks into the room and says, I'm glad you found it. Maybe now things will be easier. What? I, I mean, all things. Maybe now we can finally play without you trying to run away. Running away, escaping, and then forgetting, and then coming back again, and then running away and escaping, and then coming back again. But you always come back, though. What are you talking about? I haven't, I haven't seen you in years. How, how long have I been here? You mean this round? You should look at your arms. Now remember, her, her scars on her face are gone, so she slowly pulls up her arms and it's covered in burns. Remember in the book, it said that punishment is her arms must be burnt if she tries to escape. How many rounds? Daphne, one burn for every time you escaped. I get it, but how many rounds, Daphne? How many rounds have we played? Listen, Petula, why don't you sit down? You're, you're getting a little exhausted. I need to leave. So she jumps up and she tries to leave, but Tilda stops her and she's like, Tilda, we gotta get out of here. I mean, we've been playing rounds. I don't know what she's talking about. She's driving me crazy. Let's go look at my arms. And Tilda says, Daphne, what did you tell her? Go to your room. Sorry, Tilda. And Daphne walks to her room. What? And Tilda tries to explain to Daphne. So she's the one in charge. Who is? Tilda. And Tilda tries to explain to her, you keep trying to escape. And her phone rings. Wait, Tilda, it's, it's Coco. Do you mind if I take this? Go ahead, Tilda. Hello? Now, Tilda and Coco say the same thing. Where's the money? I need $80,000 in cash or else I'll slit your throats. Bring it to me within 48 hours. Like in sync? Yes. And Petula's looking at Tilda like, what the hell is going on? What, what day do you think it is? Do you even know what Coco looks like? Have you ever seen that? No, uh, we, we've never even met Coco. We, it was a referral or, or something. We, what does Coco look like? How do we know Coco? How do I know Coco? What day is it? Well, it's always the same day. So she rushes to the calendar and it's August 8th. When she rips off the page, it's still August 8th. Then it's August 8th. Then it's August 8th. It's constantly August 8th. Don't you understand, Petula? We're not fit for the outside world. In here, we don't have stress. We don't have, you know, all these anxieties about what's going on out there. And we have no problems. It's just everything we need is here. We have each other. We have food. We have love. We have safety here. We're just trying to keep you safe, Petula. Out there, it's chaos. It's miserable. But in here, in here, we're home. It's going to be okay. Just come with me. So she grabs Petula's hand, leads her into the little girl's playroom, and the three of them start painting pictures together as classical music plays. The three of them paint while we see the rest of the room and we see the dollhouse and outside there's a police car with a dead police officer. So it seems like they had planned everything in advance using this miniature dollhouse. There's even a train. So they were inspired by these things to plan out the events. What's going on? You start kind of questioning all of this. Furniture is tossed just exactly like it is in real life. After they paint, the three of them take a bath together where they just sit there and slowly they go off to their own rooms. Tilda 
stays in the bath where she slits her wrist. Petula goes into her bedroom where she hangs herself. And we've got Daphne who goes into the kitchen, finishes her dishes, takes a poison, goes out into the garden to die with her statue. And then we open to another scene of humming in the kitchen. And we see the back of Daphne and she's doing the dishes while she's humming, row, row, row your boat. But this mansion is not the same mansion we just saw. It's run down. It looks neglected. Things are decaying. And when it spans to her hands, they're wrinkly. When it spans to her hair, she's got gray hair. Daphne looks to be about in her 80s. The door slams open and we don't see her, but we hear Tilda say, hi, mom. I'm home. Oh, perfect, Tilda. The doctor's gonna be here any minute. And at that moment, we see the doorbell ring, but instead of a young finger of Petula, we see an old hand reach for the doorbell. The game starts over again. But I thought you said they took the pills or whatever. They killed himself. They didn't. That's part of the game. Part of the game to pretend to die. And they start over. Some people speculate either it's the same routine or it's a different it's a different thing every time. Maybe they write down their new game every time, but the whole speculation of this movie is that these three friends, they obviously probably have something going on, okay? Maybe they have some trauma they're dealing with. Maybe there is some mental illness. I don't know, okay? It's a fictional story. We're not gonna diagnose fictional characters. But the whole idea is that as adults, maybe you wanna think about, oh, I wish I could just be a kid again, right? But these kids, I mean, they can really get into these roles. They can really be these people. It doesn't feel fake, but as an adult, you lose that imagination part where you suddenly feel like, I can't sit here and pretend to be like this fake house. I can't spend hours doing that. Like, that just feels stupid. But they had kept doing it. They kept themselves secluded in this mansion, whether with the help of drugs or whatever, but they kept doing this game over and over again. What's the girl's name that feel like she was getting trapped there? Petula. So does Petula is in on it? Yes. But in that role, yes. role she pretend that she didn't yes. know. Yes. Mm-hmm. So she tricked us. Yeah. We're the fool. Yeah. But the whole movie is so trippy. And at the end, I was like, what the fuck? So what because, was the, like, yes. they're cutting this on their mouth. They're and not all. real. Then that means her burn is not real yeah. either. It's literally all imagination. So everything is just like. Yeah. So the three of them have been in this rundown mansion just imagining f***ing games, not, you know, not interacting with the outside world. They didn't even go kill the police? No. Everything just... Everything. So this is like one of those, I woke up from a dream. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, it's, it was better than I woke up from a dream because it was like a moment of like, oh my God, these people are crazy. These people do be wild. So these three people just play house. Yes. For their entire life. For their entire lives because they feel safe. They feel safe playing these children's games. They don't want to be adults. They don't want to go out into the world and have adult problems. And I feel like it kind of tunes into the part where like, you know when you're like an adult and you're having a really shitty day, you're like, I wish I was a kid again where Mm -hmm. I didn't have this type of stress and I didn't have to think about these things. But like, you can't go back. Because like, what are you going to do? Play house? No, you can't. You're still going to be stressed. Even if you're fake playing house with some kids, you're going to be like, God. I'm so stressed about this adult problem that I have. But instead they decided to completely block it out and just play house. Mm. And now they're old ladies just playing house. That is creepy. It's freaking creepy. The whole thing was creepy. 
I feel like a fool right now. I know, me too. <laughs> At like the I end of it, I was like, what? I was so invested. Yeah. I was like, is Coco going to kill them? What does Coco look like? Is Coco going to make an appearance in this? But that is the story of Braid. This movie was a trip. It was a very short one. I hope you guys watch it because I think it's definitely different seeing it unfold because every room is really just decorated in such a trippy way that makes you feel like something weird is going on in this movie. It's not just like a house. It's like a bizarre mansion where things are just not as they seem. But I hope you guys enjoyed today's spam and make sure to check out Grammarly and Framebridge linked in the description and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye.